Dior Talks. The female gaze uh, for me is about changing the way we present women in fashion. More like a subject, not uh, as an object. The women are represented in many different ways, not only one way. That is very important for me. It's also what I try to make with my work in Dior. There are many elements in the female case. The award-winning documentary and portrait photographer, Sarah Weiswa, is my guest today on Dior Talks. Weiswa is a bold storyteller whose poetic pictures explore the many ways in which identity is shaped by culture, religion and social values, posing questions about who we are and how we relate to one another. Weiswa tells me more about her passion for photography and her vision of a new African identity. I'm Charlotte Jansen, a journalist and the author of Girl on Girl, a book exploring photography in the age of the female gaze. You're listening to Dior Talks, conversations on the female gaze. Tell me about your journey to photography in the first place, because you, I mean, you I've read that your story, it, you know, in a way shaped you as an artist. You fled with your family from Uganda during the dictatorship. That's, you were born in Uganda, right? Um, yes, I was. And, and fled to Kenya. Why and how and when did photography become your medium? And, and how did that kind of early experience, I guess, propel you towards photography or towards art in particular? Yeah, so photography didn't come to me until much, much later on. Um, you know, uh, I, I was I was very young at the time that we fled from Uganda, and it was kind of in the post Idi Amin era. Um, and so, from early on, really the concept of home has been very interesting to me. This idea of where I belong, um, if anywhere, has has someone always plagued me. Um, so I lived lived in um, in Nairobi, in Kenya, after we came here um, pretty much my whole childhood, and then um, went to the States to study, um, and then kind of moved back to Kenya. Um, so after spending about 10 years in America, I then, you know, and then came back home. So it's not until I came back home, actually, that um, that I picked up a camera and, and really began to use photography, um, you know, as a medium. Um, and I think for me, photography was my way to reconnect um, with the continent um, after being away for some time. And then just kind of all the feelings of nostalgia that I had from being back home, um, I, you know, used the camera to try to capture and express that. Yeah, it's so interesting, that relationship, I think, between nostalgia and the camera and also using it as a way to sort of navigate your surroundings. You know, it's almost a a kind of comfort blanket in a sense because it gives you that ability to look really closely at things and take these kind of prolonged looks. But your your, um, focus has been documentary um, primarily. Do you start out with a specific goal about what you want to shoot, you know, what projects you want to do? Um, obviously, documentary photography in particular in, in Africa and in, in Kenya, given the history of photography, um, of documenting Africa until now, which, you know, until up until 
the last you know 50 years or something has been dominated by kind of foreigners or westerners in particular um documenting africa and i think um i was reading recently um the novelist yvonne vera who wrote that the camera is this kind of has been used as a sort of dire instrument that came you know alongside the gun and the bible to colonize africa um how much does that history sort of matter to you and those representations um historic representations of of africa how much do they affect you as an african photographer and how much is that something that then feeds into your work and how you approach documenting you know your surroundings and obviously you're a foreigner in kenya but you're also you know i I guess you have a particular relationship to it you've grown up there and you go and actually photograph communities often that you you aren't you don't belong to necessarily um, I think, I mean, I think this is like a super interesting conversation, especially, you know, in this time of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, even, even of this, of the idea of the camera as a, as a uh, colonial tool initially, and how, um, you know, how um, black bodies or people of color have been, um, have been photographed over time, really, you know. Um, so I think, um, initially, for me, um you know, I, I wanted to be part of a, of a movement that wanted to show people um, that Africa kind of, that the media wasn't showing, right? Because, you know, years ago, if you Googled Africa, you would see, you know, the acacia tree, you would see, um, you know, famine, you would see, um, you know, a child with, you know, with flies running, you know. So those stories were perpetuated over time. Um, and so, you know, I think part of um, the movement that I became of was kind of taking that back and, and trying to create images to, to kind of show uh, show what Africa was, you know, what our Africa looked like. And that was not necessarily um, erasing the parts, you know, that are there, that are prevalent, you know, um, mm-hmm. but not that that, that narrative uh, dominated um, the images. Um, and so um, I eventually kind of realized that, you know, as much as it was for me to just show what the beauty uh, of Africa was, but it was also, um, I think, important for me to um, to use photography to to learn, but also to teach. So I went to primarily British schools, and um, we were taught pretty much everything from a from a you know from a from a you know foreign perspective, right? So history was taught to us from a Western perspective. Literature, you know, we were learning about Shakespeare. Um, our history kind of was navigated through, um, you know, the, 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 the British Empire and, you know, when they colonized Africa. So everything that we learned as children was really from a Western kind of perspective. Um, mm. And the stories of home were never really shared kind of in a favorable light. And I don't think we even could, you know, as a child, I don't remember thinking like, wow, I live in Africa and what does it mean to be African? I think, um, mm. you know, those questions didn't really come up until much later on, you know, as, yeah. uh, you know, as an adult. And that's when I kind of started to become interested in this idea of that, you know, African identity and what it meant. But I think, um, it's important for me is, was, you know, that I wanted my kids and other young people to have an opportunity to learn their own stories through a familiar, you know, and local kind of lens. Um, and so, um, you know, I think, I think that's, that's kind of where using photography was important for me. Mm. 
Yeah, and I mean, I ask you that because you do deal specifically, like you said, you you have been part of this very um, powerful movement of kind of, I guess, in a way, re-illustrating what it it means to be African and and all the nuances within that, because obviously being Kenyan is not the same as being Ugandan and or being... Absolutely. There are 54 countries, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So... um, I, th- I find it really interesting the way that you kind of work with your surroundings, both as an insider and an outsider. Um, mm-hmm. And you've you've travelled all over the continent, um, you know, exploring identity and contemporary life in different cultures. You know, of which you know, Africa is obviously again com- incredibly rich in within each nation of with lots of histories and cultures that are all kind of you know in- intermixed and. Um, you, you've referred to it as the new African identity, this kind of thing that you're conjuring through you, through your photographs um, mm-hmm. and what that might mean in different places to different people. What would you say that vision is for you overall? What does that mean in your, in your terms, like the new African identity, this, this, um, this term that you, you, that you use to describe what, what you're doing with your work? So I think for me, you know, like I said now, when I when I um, uh, started, um, you know, kind of taking photography seriously, you had platforms such as Tumblr, and of course you have Instagram, and you know all this uh, social media that kind of allowed us to, or young people. When I say us, I mean young people and young Africans to to share, right? To share imagery. Um, I think before, you know, without social media, there was kind of these gatekeepers, right? So if you looked at a magazine and that's what they showed you about Africa, well, that's just what you saw, right? There was no alternative. Mm. And so I think what social media did was kind of, um, you know, get rid of, not get rid of the gatekeepers because of course they're still gatekeepers, but kind of allowed you to, to share without having to go through these gatekeepers. And so when I first uh, thought about this term, what I was really referring to was what I was seeing at the time and how young people were beginning to express themselves, but also mm-hmm. to express their Africanness. And, um, you know, what, what I mean by that is, you know, when I was young, it really wasn't cool to be African. I know that that might sound crazy, but it really, <laughs> it wasn't cool, you know. Um, I think we all wanted to, you know, we aspired to, to go to America, to the West, to dress in Western ways, to, les- to listen to Western music. Like those, that was the, you know, that's, that, you know, that's, those were the cool things, right? And, you know, that could be a, as a result, or not even could be, it's probably a result of, of colonialism, right? Because we mm-hmm. were not quick to appreciate our own culture because, you know, we just... have been stamped out. Yeah, we've been stamped out. And so we believe that our own culture is not really good enough or, you know, we aspire to be something that, you know, that we're not because what what we are isn't good enough, essentially. And so, um, you know, this term new African identity to me is, um, you know, is seeing young people um, on the continent embracing their Africanness and kind of changing that narrative to, to kind of accepting ourselves and expressing ourselves without the, the you know what had previously been expected. And I find it really interesting that you actually studied sociology, right, um, in the US. Um, mm-hmm. um, did those studies and uh, you know in sociology kind of complicate your relationship with photographer and like what it means with photography and what it means to sort of create images and their sort of effect on, you know, 
on on the world I guess and on people on individuals and as well as in kind of social relationships and structures oh absolutely I think um you know my study of sociology and psychology as well um mm-hmm. definitely informed the, the work that I produce I mean I think I'm very much interested in social systems and social situations and you know people fascinate me yeah yeah and I guess it allows you to communicate as well with people that are um you know to reach people that are in a like some difficult situations and circumstances also mm-hmm. and I'm thinking of one specific project you did which won this um very prestigious discovery award at Arl festival in France which is the annual photo festival there um that project was about the persecution of albino people yes can you tell me more about that project and sort of how how it came about and what it was like for you to work on it um so that project um came about after i read about um the atrocities that were happening to people um, with albinism in tanzania Mm -hmm. um and you know when i was kind of reading those stories i you know i i hadn't um, I, I did. I didn't know that you know that that was going on, and so I really became interested in um, and, and wanted to know more about it. And so I kind of contacted the Albinism Society of Kenya here, and you know was talking um, to them, and then they connected me um, to Florence, who is um, um, the collaborator that's in the images that I made. Um, mm. But it was important for me, I think. Um, you know, just after talking to her and kind of understanding, you know, what her life was like and, um, you know, what, you know, what living with albinism meant, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of create work that, um, you know, that she kind of participated in um, yeah. um, and, and to kind of capture the elements that, you know, that, that kind of came up in our discussions um, and, you know, um, and, and also to create work that, um, even outside of albinism that other people could could connect to um, because of these right. you know the themes of, of isolation and belonging and, and, and those type of things um, so you know I think sometimes people look at the work and say you know I might not have albinism but um, I can kind of connect to the sense um, and to the elements um, that the work kind of um, deals with right yeah and in a way that you know then got to get beyond the subject itself and to like you say to connect with other people that might have had feelings of exclusion or or that they didn't Mm -hmm. fit in or didn't belong in some way or have been overlooked um Mm -hmm. and to sort of celebrate that and like you know invite people to sort of come together over over that um Mm -hmm. you've in a similar sort of approach you took um when you photographed some ballet dancers like young ballet dancers um Mm -hmm. i love that series because it really tells a story and it completely overturns a lot of our expectations about what should be traditionally masculine and what should be feminine and you know how our bodies are kind of used within that as well and and portrayed um tell me more about that about that series and the genesis of it i think this was an interesting story for me because um because again it kind of goes against the traditional narrative of what ballet is you know ballet is Mm -hmm often been associated with, you know, prestige and is very kind of classist, um, 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 you know, like you said, mass uh, feminine and, and all these, this, these things. And so when I, when I heard about the, 
um, the story of, of ballet kind of been, being taught to these children who are, um, you know, who live in the largest, info, you know, informal settlement probably in East Africa. Um, mm. You know, it was it was so interesting to me um, to to kind of see if you know I could you know understand how they were you know what 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 the ballet kind of meant to them and how they were using it to to express themselves. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really gorgeous series, and I think it's super important again to sort of look at the unexpected kind of things that happen, you know, away you know, things mm-hmm. that we don't necessarily hear about or know about and and I'm I'm getting the sense that a lot of your um ideas for what you want to shoot come from reading or come from you know reading about some particular news story or some is that where you get a lot of your you know sparks for what you want to go and and shoot is you you, is it from newspapers is it from reading stories I think it's it's definitely you know a lot of reading um but also, you know, also think about social media and how it has really put information at your fingertips, you know. And so mm-hmm. you engage with a lot of information all at the same time. And so um, it is it is from a lot of reading. But, you know, it could be conversation as well. Um, I, I travel quite a bit for work and, you know, going to a new place and, and also kind of coming in with a fresh eye. You know, I'm always kind of drawn to something. So yep. um, it, it does. It does kind of, you know, it, it does kind of happen. Um, you know, um, you know, the inspiration kind of comes, um, you know, in different ways. Um, but, mm. but yeah, I, I think I definitely say that, you know, that I do do a lot of reading and try to keep connected as much as possible to, um, you know, wherever I am. And, and I mean, that's funny that you say that because another theme of your work is sort of exploring what it means to be isolated and what it means to belong and kind of questioning those things and as you say it's always this kind of juxtaposition almost in your work um between sort of being included and being excluded and they're very kind of universal subjects as well obviously especially in this digital you know internet obsessed age um and there's this constant sort of looking into the peripheries in your in your photographs and kind of recentering. um what you know would normally be referred to as the you know peripheral communities or people um I think for me it's it's really interesting I've been reading a lot lately about you know photographers that say but but what is inside and what is outside and who's deciding what that really means like these people that are considered outsiders are they really outsiders Mm. you know they often have their own communities they don't consider themselves outsiders and outside of what you know um and that kind Mm. of also speaks to the role of the photographer in a way um what do you what's your sort of take on all of that and how important is it to you that you kind of actually get to know your subjects and kind of collaborate with them in the way that you're describing like what and have some build some kind of relationship with them um how how much is that something that matters to you in in making your work um i i mean it's extremely important to me um to to try to build a relationship um with um and and i hate the word subjects i prefer collaborators you know because I, i think that when you when you're telling a story that's not about yourself that you really can't 
tell someone's story, you can um, mm-hmm. you can tell your version of their story. But you know, I think the idea that you can tell someone else's story also is quite a stretch. And so, in that way, then you know, the subjects you know become collaborators. You know, and so even you know, it's the the the, the conversation about insider outsiders is, is interesting to me as well because um, you know a lot of times people will say, well, let Africans photograph African stories, and you know, just because I'm African doesn't mean I have the right to to photograph any African the way I want. You know what I mean? I think that, um, that even as, even as, you know, me living in Kenya, you know, makes me an outsider already in some kind of way. I'm not Kenyan, even though I've lived here my whole life. Right. In these communities that we go and photograph, um, you know, you don't live in that community. You're still an outsider. So I think it's important even, you know, that I, and I say this to, to young, young, um, emerging photographers is you still have a responsibility just, um, you know, whether you're African or not, whether you're black or not, to to be conscious of um, of the work that you're producing doesn't you know you don't get a special pass just because you know right. of, of your of your color or descent that you have to you know you also have a responsibility still um, to think about um, the fact that you know you're you're you know you're probably also um, an outsider and how you tell the story um, mm. um, is is important yeah yeah. You're not a fashion photographer, um, obviously. <laughs> Were you surprised when Dior contacted you to shoot, um, to do this amazing, incredible shoot for the magazine? Um, and it was last year, wasn't it? 2019. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I absolutely love the work that you did for that. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Um, what what made you say yes? Um, I, first of all, I was extremely surprised, you know, I thought it might be a prank, you know, how you get these emails that are like, you know, send, send me money or like, you know, yeah. so I was like, Dior, I was like, like Christian Dior, like, you know, so, <laughs> so, you know, of course, I, of course, initially I, I was, you know, and the funny thing is I was actually in Paris, um, for something else. Um, and then I was like, just, just someone like, like hack my situation wow. and then kind of, you know, and, and then, you know, you're looking over your shoulder suddenly yeah so of course um you know i may not be a fashion photographer but i I absolutely love fashion i think for for me fashion plays a huge role in identity um Mm -hmm. and so the two can't really can't really be separated um and of course i wasn't gonna say no (laughs) um you know um, i think it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and um you know of course initially i was extremely afraid but um the team was super professional and you know which made the ex- um, experience that much easier um mm. but also they were very open to kind of the vision um that i had and and they supported it so it was you know it worked out really well and tell me a bit more about what that vision was for that because you kind of you got to choose the clothes you know within the collection and kind of interpret them and you also could select Mm -hmm. models um what was you know in the location everything what was your kind of vision for that that whole project yeah so I think when I when I saw the collection you know I again got uh, got the sense of nostalgia um um, now of course Dior is not the the first um you know um brand to kind of use the the Kitenge um uh, fabric um which Kitenge the origin the origin of the Kitenge itself is not even African, you know, but I think, um, Africans took it and appropriated it and create, created a whole aesthetic, you know, mm-hmm. um, around it. Um, and so for me, the, the, you know, when I saw the collection, um, 
it, you know, it kind of made me think like how far the Kitenge fabric has come, you know. It reminded me of my my great-grandmother and the women in my family um, and, and, and kind of, you know, the memories that I have of them. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's from this sense of nostalgia that I kind of wanted to create in the imagery. Um, um, and, and of course, you know, thinking about the work of the, um, the of, 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 of Malik Sidibe and, and, and Keita, like I, I almost immediately saw those images in my mind. And so that was kind of my homage um, mm-hmm. to them. Um, and in terms of, you know, um, um, you know, um, the, the shoot being in South Africa, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, people think that, you know, so, you know, when people come to Africa, they go to South Africa and, you know, Africa is huge. Um, so I, I, I wanted to shoot in a place that wasn't necessarily, um, that there wasn't necessarily going to be kind of, um, um, you know, that people would see it and be a, immediately think, Give oh, this away. is in South Africa. Exactly. Um, I wanted it to be much more open so that people wouldn't know, you know, that it would just um, um, be representative, a bit more representative of the continent in general um, by not being so specifically um, in, in terms of the location. Mm-hmm. And you decided to shoot it as well in black and white. Is that also to make that kind of um, homage to to Sidi Bay and to Keita and that kind of you know graphic start, very graphic style of um, of working with black and white um, photography in particular in the studios? Uh, absolutely, yeah. It definitely was, um, you know, in in, um, in the spirit of the traditional African studio. Um, um, and an homage, like you said, to Sidibe and Keita and all the great um, portrait photographers. Um, but I think that um, you know, for, you know, black and white also just for the timeless um, timelessness of it. You know, um, because this this fabric, you know, has has been around for years, and so um, I, I wanted that um, element to also be um, present in the work as well. And um, do you normally work with a with a with a team around you, or is it usually you, your camera, your equipment? It's usually me and my camera. You know, it, once in a while, um, I, I might have um, you know I might have uh, a team around me. Um, um, but yeah, it's you know I think photography sometimes is quite a um, you know a lonely uh, <laughs> a lonely profession depending on what type of photography you do. But yeah. Um, I, I do at times have, have a team depending on the work, but yeah, most of the time I, I, it is just me and my camera. How would you define the female gaze? Because this whole series is um, it's about kind of what the female gaze kind of means for different photographers and, you know, if it has any meaning at all or if it's just a kind of redundant phrase that's just been, been come up with as sort of as another commercial um, thing. Um, is it something that you think about much in your work and how, if so, like, how do you think about it and what, what how would you define it if, if, if someone said the term to you, what would it kind of mean to you, I guess? Um, I, I mean, I would say, I would, I would look at it as, you know, how, how, how we see and how we're seen, you know, as women. Um, a lot of the stories that, um, I, I do end up telling are, are fundamentally about women, you know? Um, yeah. so it, it, it is, it is kind of important to me and my work, um, to kind of think about this idea 
um, of the female gaze. And, and, I, and I think, you know, working in a male-dominated field and having looked at images, you know, throughout mm. the, the history of time, that, um, that it, it absolutely is a thing. And that I think that, it's, that we have an impor- important contribution to make. And so um, I absolutely consider it um, in the work I, I do and the subjects that I choose to focus on. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've represented all kinds of women in your work and all kinds of like female mm-hmm. experiences. And I guess that's, you know, foregrounding that is just one of one of the missions of many missions of being a photographer today, um, especially as a woman. It's almost like you have to pick up that mantle. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no avoiding it. And do you have a favorite photographer, like a woman who's in photography who's been foundational for you or who who you always kind of admired or or look to when you're kind of you know thinking about about photography and about your work um I mean I think for me um you know I have to mention Ida um Ida Maloney um, mm. she had has, yeah she's maybe instrumental well instrumental for me mm. um because you know in a sense she kind of discovered me and my work um so um, I always look to her for that kind of mentorship and also um, in terms of the work she creates and the, the work that she's doing with the Addis Photofest. So um, right, she's yeah. absolutely, yeah, she's absolutely for me um, one of the key, um, um, you know, figures or female mm. photographers that I, I look look to and look up to even. Yeah. And, you know, of course, this is a trick question. You can't ask my favorite. <laughs> I have so many favorites. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I would definitely mention her, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's so incredible for her about her for me is that, um, you know, it's not only that she creates this very striking and sort of transcendental, almost spiritual uh, work, but it's exactly like you say, she set up that um, festival and that network, which mm-hmm. I think is so incredibly important wherever you're working to kind of, yeah, forge those relationships with other photographers and other people that are working with the medium in different ways and giving a platform, you know, on the continent for artists from the continent is also, you know, so important. I mean, you've had so many great photo festivals there. Now there's like Lagos Photo and there's... Yeah, Bamako, which has been there for a while. Yeah, that's been historically like so important. So to kind of continue mm-hmm. that tradition and have that is is incredible and 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 it tells a story as well about i guess women uplifting and supporting other women which i know maria grazia is super keen about and is why she sort of wanted to work only with female photographers in the first place and you know i'm really kind of getting a, a sense of that myself how important that is in our in our shared sort of narrative as women to to be able to like support and uplift each other um amazing sarah thank you so much it's been such a pleasure to talk to you thank you thank you